This is Coast and County Radio's Extra Time Podcast in association with Scarborough College and powered by Grundon Graphics. 97.4 FM, through the Vales, across the Moors and along the coast. Extra Time, sporting reviews and opinions from those in the know. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening to everyone. You're listening to a brand new episode of the Coast and County Extra Time podcast with myself, Charlie Hopper. And today I have the absolute pleasure of welcoming Scarborough Athletic Chairman Trevor Bull onto the podcast. Trevor, how are you, uh, how are you doing this morning? Very well, thanks, Charlie. Um, and great to, uh, great to be on the show with you. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'll just start on uh, on on sort of the football side of things. Um, I imagine it was really nice to see the lads um, bounce back from the Whitby defeat um, on Saturday. It was a it was a huge result for for Dar- uh, for John on his side. Yeah, it was, and uh, I think the the two important things. One was the fact that we we won, which was all important. But uh, the, the style of the victory was good as well. I think uh, particularly. In the in the first half, we played some some excellent football, some of the best we've seen all season. So um, it, it gives us some some hope for the future. Yeah, definitely. And three two is is quite a it, it, it's they've grinded <coughs> out a result there, haven't they? And sometimes you just have to do that in in the Northern Premier League. You just have to grind out a win, you know, whatever they come in any shapes and sizes, don't they? Yeah, they, they, they do. We, we we pretty much dominated most of the game, but uh, but towards the end, it does get a bit nervy. Uh, I, I particularly get incredibly nervous in the last five minutes of any game, uh, but, that, but that one especially so. Uh, but you know, do you know what? It was great. The, the, the crowd were up for it. The players were up for it. And, uh, and we move on to our old friends Hyde United on Saturday. Yeah, exactly. We'll come on to talk about Hyde in just a minute. But Trevor, you took over as chairman uh, in February of 2017. Um so you know, how have you found the the last four and a bit years? You've you've negotiated the club's move over to Scarborough. You've handled it through a pandemic. It's it's been quite a an incredible journey for you, hasn't it? It, it has. Uh, I think I think first and foremost, I'll say that um, it, it wasn't something that I particularly wanted to do, but through circumstances at the time, um, I was asked if I would take it on and. There was nobody else wanting to do it, so I thought, well, yeah, really just done it for the love of the club. But, but yeah, it's been an incredible five years. Um, if you th- if you think about it, first first job I had to fi- finalise the move back to Scarborough, which was quite problematic, but we we, we got there. Um, and then of course we had that that first season where we had a great FA Cup run and and we won promotion and. Uh, and that was really exciting, and we got to a final at the Riverside, and yeah, that was a that was that was a great season. Uh, the second season, we we were just outside the the playoffs, uh, but we did win the North Riding CD Cup at the Riverside again. So that that was that was great. And then, of course, we set about improving the stadium. So we we built that new stand, um, and of course, we we haven't played a full season. Um, in front of that new stand yet because that first season got curtailed. The second season never really got started. Um, um, but of course, the most important thing in in, in recent times is we've managed to uh, get our way through the, the pandemic. And um, the most pleasing part of that for me is the fact that we've come out of that pandemic 
with the club in the best financial position it, it's, it's ever been in its history. So we've, we've achieved some, some sort of financial stability that we've never had before. And to have achieved that um, on the back of that, that horrible pandemic is, uh, is, is, is one of our greatest achievements. Yeah, definitely. I mean, my next question was, has it been tougher than you imagined? But I guess when you took over the role, you you wouldn't have known that we were going to have a pandemic in in however many years. But I guess for a lot of people, some some football supporters have lost their football club in recent years. So it's rewarding for yourself and the board that we're still in a really good position and fans can still attend on a Saturday. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely absolutely massive. And... um... You know, for someone like myself that's that's been a supporter of this football club for an awful lot of years, and having gone through that that loss of the old club uh, back in two thousand seven, um, I would always fight tooth and nail to to keep this club um, going. Um, it's it really, really important to me. I think, I think the fr- frustration for me among that is the fact that we still have a large proportion of our town that don't really understand what, what type of club we are. You know, the, the fact that we are um, a fans, a fan zone club, um, every, you know, all the people that run it are just putting volunteer hours, um, in, you know, over and above what they do in their day job and their family life and everything else. And it is, it is incredibly hard work. Um, my, my own role I can talk about, and it's, it really is seven days a week. You know, the, I, I am working for the football club seven days a week. Not all day, every day. I do get a chance to play golf and go out <laughs> for a beer and that sort of thing. But, uh, but no, it, it is incredibly hard work. And of course, <clears throat> the the way the club's structured, and I think it's a great way the club's structured, is that we can only spend the money that we've got. Uh, we don't have the facility to borrow money. We haven't got... Um, um, a businessman with with lots of cash in the bank to bankrollers like well, several clubs in our league do have that now, uh, but of course we we, we don't. Um, and and I, I do find it quite frustrating the sometimes on social media and people are complaining that uh, we haven't got that big big money man or people aren't putting money in and da 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 da. But you know um we, we we are what we are and our our stated aim has always been to play to play football at the highest level but within that prudent financial framework that we've created and um do you know what i think we're making a good fist of it you know we we're when you think where we started we've we've had we've had all those promotions we've won a trophy or two we've we've <coughs> we've we've got back to scarborough we've we've improved the stadium and and hopefully we can. I can talk to you a little bit more about our plans for the future. But I think I think we're doing a great job. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of people won't understand just how how big bringing that stand to the club to add a stand to the club on the far side was. And I guess that is something that, although it might take a bit of investment at the start, it's going to be there for for you know years and years to come, isn't it? It's there. That's a plan that's going to be there. And structured for everyone to use for for the next however many years. Of course, and, and, it, and it's 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 an asset to our club. Uh, the, of course, the 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 way it came about. I think first and foremost, I must mention uh, Mick Davison, who's um, on, on our board of directors. He's our our uh, match day um, director. Well, he he's got a 
history. He was he was a senior teacher, but he was also a project manager. Uh, so it was great to have him to to lead that project. Uh, but of course, we we got a hundred thousand pounds from Flamingoland um, through the naming rights. Now the naming rights were to go to Scarborough Council. Uh, Scarborough Council ring fenced the ground improvements, which I thought was great. Um, and uh, Gordon Gibbett from Ingoland, um, once he heard about our project, I, I went went to see him, and he said he would speak to the council about giving us the whole five year lump sum all all at once, rather than in drips and drabs throughout that, that period. So um, that enabled us to get the match funding from the football stadium improvement fund. So we got another hundred, and, we got one hundred and fifty thousand pounds from them. Which which left us as a club the the fifty around about fifty k to to raise for for the balance, which with the help of supporters, some some careful savings on the club's part, and um, we, we we got there. And you're right, it, it, it is massive because without it, there was there was there was children that couldn't see the match, um, there was families that couldn't come and sit together. Um, if it rained, everybody got wet. So it's it's a massive, a massive, massive asset. And you know what? One of the big things for me means that when you walk into the ground, it actually looks like a football ground now, rather than a a, um, a, a sports centre with a football pitch on the outside. So yeah, that 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 is that is massive, and and it keeps the noise in, it keeps the atmosphere in. It's uh, it's it's brilliant, and, and we've we've got plans in place to to make further improvements as well. Yeah, definitely. I guess um, with us, there's a, you know, there's quite a few fan-owned clubs around, but I guess one of the most unique things for the supporters will be the fact that if they brought a, a friend to the to the game or or a family member, they could say, Do you know what, money I put into the club helped build that stand. It it, it kind of just yeah. brings everyone together, doesn't it, as a club? Yeah, it, it doesn't, and there's a, there's a lot made of uh, fans own club. But but we are one hundred percent fan zone, and uh, the, um, many of the fan zone clubs around the country um, aren't. They're they're a, a proportion owned by businesses or or whatever, or individuals. Uh, but we, we being a hundred percent fan zone, that means we're in total control of, of our own destiny. So we, we we've got no outside forces telling us what to do. So. Uh, it means that we can be quite dynamic in making things happen and, and react quickly to any problems that we have. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'll just uh, just move on to a little bit more of the of the football and we'll talk a, a little bit more about the plans for the future, Trevor, towards the, the end of the podcast. So at the time of speaking, Scarborough uh, are obviously sat in 11th position in the table on 21 points from uh, from 14 games. It's been a bit of a mixed start, hasn't it, for, um, yeah. for your side this season? And I think Jono's been juggling missed targets, injuries. It's it's been a bit of a, a mixed bag for him. Well it's been it's been been incredibly frustrating for him because in reality he, he joined the club at the worst possible time. Uh, because um when when he arrived by the time he arrived um all of the players that he would want to come in or a lot of them uh, were already contracted to other clubs. Because clubs book players on contracts quite early these days, increase their um, contracts to, to two, three years, whatever. So, so he was incredibly frustrated that he'd earmarked lots of players, but he, he couldn't get them. They'd already been sorted out for the following season. So, so that was frustrating. Um, recruitment has been the biggest problem. Um, another problem has been that, and I've spoken to several chairmen 
of clubs that we've played, and they're all finding it, is that normally by the time September comes round, you start to get a drop down of players from higher leagues become available. Um, so uh, we would naturally be looking at teams from uh, Conference North or, or, sorry, National League North or even the National League. Um, but because those clubs have started with smaller squads because of the impact of uh, the, the pandemic, there aren't that number of players dropping down. There isn't, there isn't that availability. And, and, and likewise with uh, some of the EFL clubs, there aren't the number of players available to come out on loan that would, there would normally be because they're, they're, they're keeping smaller squads. So, so yeah, the, uh, recruitment has been frustrating. Um, and of course, uh, of course, injuries. Um, it, it certainly doesn't help when you get your, your star player in Michael Coulson injured for a few weeks and, um, and um, and looking at the latest results, his his injuries coincided with our downturn in form, and, and it's it's great to see that he comes comes back on the field and we start winning again. So, so yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm quite uh, excited about about the future. Um, it's it, it's good to know that that John is in a place where he's thinking already about who he might like to bring in next year. So so we are we're not looking for the here and now all the time. We're looking for the future, and we we see our work with with John O and Mike Lingham as a, as a long a long term project, um, which I, I, I'm confident will be very successful. Yeah, I agree. Um, now John O's name was was obviously he's been mentioned in in the past previous to to this time and um having dealt with Darren Kelly myself the former Scarborough athletic manager um he was in May 2021 you'd obviously had a chat with Darren you'd sat down with him you'd talked about players who were coming into the club and who he wanted he then decides to take a role at an EFL club which I guess is a dream a dream role for him how much of a shock did that come to you Trevor to see Darren take up a role elsewhere it, it was. It, it came right out of the blue. He he rang me on the Friday night and said, "I've been offered this this dream opportunity. I don't really know what to do." Um, so I said, "Look, Dan, well, well, you need to tell me quite quickly because we need to we need to plan for the future." Um, and he, he rang me back on the Monday to say say he was taking the job. So so you know all our sort of hard work and, and investment in <coughs> in Darren were sort of went straight out the window, and then then that of course that gave us with a great problem because as I said earlier a, a, a lot of our potential targets had already been signed up by other teams. Other teams are starting to take interest in our players because players get unsettled when they don't have a, a manager. So myself and um, and uh, some of the other directors we. We rang round the senior players uh, uh, personally and uh, to give them confidence because we didn't want we to lose the squad because we could have ended up a situation we'd have started this season without hardly any players at all. So, so we act, reacted very quickly. Uh, now, because because of that specific situation, um, I, I felt that we needed to make uh, an appointment um, very quickly. Um, so, as you know, we we appointed someone within a week. Um, it was a, a, a quite a frantic week for myself and uh, our football operations director. We spent uh, many an hour in uh, pubs and uh, motorway service stations across Yorkshire, interviewing potential candidates. Uh, picked up a couple of parking tickets in, on the way, but <laughs> um, and and we we spoke to some 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 quite. Uh, 
I'll see, I'll see the wrong word, but so, so, some managers that manage at quite a high level in the, in the football league. Um, and we were quite bowled over when we spoke to Jono because he was the only one that actually came, came with a plan. He told us what he wanted to do. He told us how he wanted to operate. Um, and he gave us the confidence that, that we could work with him because, because that's important, important as well. And, and, and being, being his, being his first, um, manager's job, um, you know, yeah, that's, that, that is always a risk. It takes time to settle into that, that type of a role. Uh, but I believe that we're working very well together with him. And, um, uh, well, I, I enjoy it. I, I do enjoy working with a guy. He's, he's very personable. He knows what he wants to do. He doesn't suffer fools. Um, I think he comes across on his media interviews as, as, as obviously not as lively as Darren is a very very different is a very different character. We can't expect all our managers to be in the same mould. But um, trust me, be, be, behind it all, he, he works incredibly hard. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you, you mentioned there. I mean, Darren notoriously would give a fist bump or or would go across and would jeer the fans up. But I guess some managers just deal with it um, a little bit different. You talked about that week sort of from him leaving to, to bringing in Jono, I guess, as you mentioned, it was a, a busy week. You must have been absolutely snowed under, were you, with managers that were keen to take on the vacant position? Oh, yeah, we, 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 didn't, we didn't even advertise it. it uh, they start coming in uh, within, uh, within minutes of us announcing something like that. Um, Quite annoyingly, sometimes you start getting them when the manager's in post and they've lost a couple of matches, which which I just put straight put straight in the bin because I I, I find that so disrespectful. Um, it just puts me off employing those people if uh, if they wanted to come apply in the future. So, uh, so yeah, no, we we did get we did get snowed under. We shortlisted uh, very quickly um, against the criteria that we use and. Um, Set about interviewing, which uh, which is great. I know we we talked to some people that were absolutely deep, deep, deep in in football. You know, they they you know, they've been in football all their lives, and and some of them were very very impressive. But there was, there was always something that wasn't quite the fit, and John John was the best the best fit. Uh, he had he had actually applied the time before when Darren got the job. But um, he uh, his his application uh, arrived by email the morning after I'd appointed Darren, so we didn't get a chance to to speak to him at that point. Um, but uh, so who knows how that would have gone? But uh, but yeah, no, no, I'm, he, he's he's doing a good job, and I'm, we're really pleased with him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's nice to see a, a local lad, um, you know, take on the 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 club oh. and everything, and. Um, you know, his first managerial job it, it is a risk, but you, you mentioned that you're really enjoying working alongside him. And, you know, I, I guess he's getting a lot of enjoyment leading Scarborough out every week. He, is, he enjoys it more when we win, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it is great to have a, a, a local guy. And, and you know what? He's, he, he wants to win and he's doing it for the football club, but he's doing it for the town as well because he, he does love this town. He's got family all over this town. Um, so he's very, very closely connected with the town, and and, and you know what? It, it, it's actually quite nice to have a manager that if something happens in the town, um, you can talk to him about it, yeah. and he knows the job, he knows what you're talking about. So, uh, 
So yeah, um, it's uh, it, it's good. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I mean, you talked, you, you did talk a little bit about recruitment, and with it, with obviously the the football club, a lot of fans don't understand the whole. The, the side to the recruitment and how hard it is to bring players in and everything. And especially with us coming out of a pandemic, a lot of players may have lost jobs. Um, I spoke to Tommy Taylor um, last week and he mentioned about, obviously he left and, and you know, with the, with the money and everything that Buxton were offering because he'd lost his job. Was yeah. it a case that some players were just looking for that little bit extra cash um, because of, of the pandemic or was it just other things that sort of meant that you missed out on a, ta- a few targets? Right. Well, we've it, I've lost count of the number of targets we've had and the people that we've spoken to. Um, it's it's never ever been about money. It's never ever been that we haven't been offering the right amount of money. Ninety percent of it comes down to geography um, and the fact that they have to travel uh, an extra hour hour and a half down the A sixty four to. To matches, um, there is there there is that, and of course there's a cost implication in that as well. But but yeah, but it takes it takes an extra two three hours out of the day on a Saturday if we're playing at home. So yeah, that makes it difficult. We we don't have um, a lot of um, sort of Scarborough based players, so they're, they're all they're all travelling. Um, so yeah, it's, we, we've we've had we've had uh, we had one really really top centre forward, and we we'd agreed everything. Um, we, he, he was coming from a fair distance. We'd agreed um, some accommodation for him on the night before home games. All agreed. And then right at the very last minute, he'd he, he got an offer from a club slightly more local to where he lives and signed for them the next morning. So that, that sort of thing's been, been happening happening an awful lot. Um, again, this, this week, we're hoping to, uh, to bring um, another player in this week. Um, we brought the uh, the lad in from uh, Gisborough last week, and he, he looks quite promising. And we've got uh, another another guy that we're looking at um, this week that hopefully will be in for Saturday. But history tells us these the twists and turns of uh, the non-league transfer market are uh, there's lots of trapdoors that people can seem to be able to fall through. But you know what? We'll we'll we'll, we'll keep keep plugging away. John knows what he wants. Um, and and, he, and he's he's not willing to to compromise on what he wants, and and what is quite refreshing, he's not willing to pay over his, what he thinks people are worth. Yeah. Um, you know, some some managers would challenge me to spend money we haven't got. Well, John, I won't do that. His management of the playing budget has been exemplary. Um, and do you know what? Um, that that'll that just that just stays in that pot because once it's in in his budget it stays there so if he wants to use that later in the season that money's there and we've always told him right from the start there's money available as there still is now to to improve his squad so um yeah hope there'll, there'll be changes there always is uh, don't know what those changes are going to be uh but he does he does have an eye for talent and um if he if he sees people that he doesn't like he tends to to, to get rid of them quite quickly. Um, I on another another a bit of good news that some of our sports will be quite pleased with it. I personally had a conversation with uh, Isaac Asenso a couple of weeks ago um, to see how to see he how he was progressing with his coming back from injury. Do you know what? It's still not it's still not right. Um, but 
Um, John has spoken to him and invited him to come along to training to see if he could fit into our squad when he's when he feels he's, he's ready to give it a go. So it's been a long injury for that, but uh, his spirits are quite good and um, and we'll have a look at him when he's ready to return. Yeah, he was always a player that um, impressed me. And you also brought in, over the last sort of couple of weeks, you brought in Jake Day as well. Um, that was courtesy of, obviously, as you mentioned, the, the boost, the budget campaign that, that, that supported yeah. Have paid their good money to to bring him in. That must have been also yeah. really nice that you had that link between the two to, to bring him in. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, because that, that that booster ca- campaign it just just made that little bit of difference, give us a confidence to go and do that. <laughs> and it was really interesting because uh, Jake Davey he became available uh, when he left Alfreton um, in the summer, and um, and we looked we we had a conversation about whether. It, we could uh, perhaps attract him. Um, and the following day, we had his, his sign for guys. So we, we just, we just, we just meet him. That, that, that deal went through incredibly quick. Um, but no, he's, he's a great, he's a great addition. Um, he's a big lad. Um, and he's, uh, he's, he's, he's very, very solid. Uh, I guess with his, uh, his other interests as a heavyweight box helps, but he, he, um, do you know what? It's that extra dimension up front that we needed. Uh, we all know Nathan Cartman isn't the uh, isn't the tallest, uh, but he probably is the most skillful. Um, and if uh, playing around Jake, and of course with Michael fit as well, uh, with that sort of three pronged attack, I think we can uh, we can do a bit of damage. Yeah, um, definitely. And also a new addition um, to the football club as well. If people, if fans who are listening today haven't seen, there's a brand new Borough shop um, that's situated yeah. at the far end of the ground. Um, was this something that you've always been looking to bring in? Was it always in the plans to move it from inside the clubhouse out onto the to the side of the pitch? Yeah, the, um, it, it was rather poor planning on the part of the original plans for the ground, but there was there was no facility for a shop and basically we were offered a, a cupboard in the bar area that we could use as a shop. Um and uh, yeah whilst that was successful, um a lot of people regulars didn't even know we had a shop up there. So it was just sort of so out so out of the way. Um and when people were queuing for the bar, people couldn't get to it. Um so uh, we we looked at this idea of um using container type buildings to to create what we wanted. Everyone active in the council were very helpful in giving us permission to do it. So we've we've not only got uh, a great shop which we can stock everything, and so we've got two opportunities to sell our full range of products in the ground and also at one stop in Hunters Row. But we've also got a container for all our storage requirements down there because uh, we've got you know obviously there's there's a lot of kit, there's a lot of merchandise, there's a lot of things. So we've, so we've got somewhere to, to store everything securely in the ground as well, and it makes us a little bit more independent because one of the difficulties was always that when it was in the barrier, we didn't have nine to five access to that during the week. So, but now we do have access to get into the ground and, uh, and, and, you know, do what we need to do and get what we need to get. And um, so that, that, that's been a big plus. And of course, what we found in the couple of home matches that, um, that we've had is sales have gone through the roof, so we're having to urgently buy more stock in. Um, bobble hats are, I suppose it's seasonal, but bobble hats are selling <laughs> particularly well. And um, I, I don't know if you've seen it, but we've also brought out a new range of leisure wear, and yeah. uh, 
we we branded it as our 2007 range because we're celebrating 15th. It's our 15th season as a fan zone club. So, so yeah, so, so there's lots to celebrate off off the field in that respect. And it's all part of our our stadium wow as well. We, we we're looking to improve our support experience. So we've built the stand, we've got the shop, we've got planning permission to um, build a covered terrace at the swimming pool end. Um, we've got planning permission to put a terrace between the swimming pool end and the and the main stand. So, um, so that that'll all come as and when required. But uh, but the planning permission's there. Um, so, um, sort of future proof of what we need to do. So, if we if we were able to get promoted, we can launch into that bill because uh, more money from the football stadium improvement fund becomes available once we're promoted, um, and we'd have we'd have to put some money in for match funding, but it's based on a 70-30 split. So as long as we can find 30% of the money required, they'll put the other 70 in. And um, we'd, be able to, we'd be able to build at, at the other end of the ground and, and get the capacity requirements for the National League. Yeah, so you've got, to think, you've got to think ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I imagine just, on, just finally on the, the Borough shop, we see so many young football fans walking around in... Chelsea tops, United tops, but I guess it is nice and it gives the the fans a chance to wear their own Scarborough kit and merchandise and, you know, as as you've tried to do, is paint the town red. Yeah. <coughs> I, I absolutely love it when I see kids walking around Scarborough with a, um, a Borough top on rather than a Leeds or a Manchester United or a Liverpool shirt. Um, and you know what? They, they, they wear it. They wear it with pride as well. Um one of the noticeable things about our attendance is this season has been the increased number of children and young people at matches. Because um, we keep we keep um, detailed records of who comes, and yeah, those they've increased quite considerably. So so we're getting some interest. And I think I was ten years old when I saw my first Borough game. So if, if you get if you get in early and, and have an impact, it's. Uh, it's like it's your club for life, and um, I I was stood with my seven year old grandson. It was his birthday on Saturday at the match, and I was stood with him at the end. And the way he punched the air when uh, the final whistle went, I knew, I know now that he's he's, he's hooked. So uh, so yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, for any supporters that are wanting to travel to any of the games that we've got coming up, Hyde and uh, Liversidge in the FA Trophy, you can join the Valley Bar Sea Dogs on their coach for the afternoon. Um, please keep an eye on all their social media pages for more after- for more information. And also a huge thank you to Scarborough College for sponsoring this podcast. Um, now, Trevor, we've approaching the end of October. We're coming into November now, which is a huge, huge month for the club. Three big home games coming yeah. up. Yeah. It's all about the supporters now getting behind the club, isn't it? In what's going to be a huge month for them. Oh, it is. Um, you know, we've got uh, Lancaster, Nantwich, and Atherton all in all in quick succession. Um, and yeah, it, it's great. If you you, know, you look at the league table, we're only four points off sixth with a game in hand. So you know, we're, we're we are relatively near the top still. So so yeah, so it's still very very much all to play for. Um, we've got to win that game in hand. We've got to keep winning games. And if we if we can put a run together, we could we could end up uh, definitely in the playoff places. I'm I'm confident that we've got a squad that's good enough good enough good enough to do that. But uh, yeah, we need to get we need to get the get the people out there. Our crowds at the moment are slightly down on the last time we had a foolish season. 
Um, you know, the last nearly full season we had, we were averaging 1,001. And at the moment, our average this season is 987. So, you know, we're not a million miles away. Um, but we need to get people in and get people vocal and, and, and get, and get behind the team. Um, we did, we did have a big bit of negativity from a small section of the crowd at a couple of games and it had a, it had a detrimental impact on the players. Um, so if we could avoid that, that would be that would be helpful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And obviously, as we approach a, a time when it's it's obviously a bit colder, um, you know, Tuesday nights are a little bit more they're a bit more cold for for fans to turn out. It just is all about positivity now, isn't it? And getting behind the squad. Yeah, it is. I think, I think the good news is I think we've only got got one or possibly two Tuesday night matches left. So um, that's uh, that, that that's that's not too bad. But uh, but yeah, yeah, keep 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 positive. You know, we do have such a lot to be positive about. Um, I, I I always sit back and celebrate the fact we still got a football club. I've, I've gone through what we've what we've gone through. Uh, but you know, where we'll uh, we're playing football Saturdays. Um, are a massive part of our supporters' lives, and um, yeah, the impact of a winner or loss rolls on into the next week with the banter at work and everything else. So, yeah. so it's, it's important. It's important we do well. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, we talked a little bit, and you have sort of um, mentioned it in, in in drips and drabs across the the course of this morning about the uh, the plans for the future, um, Trevor. How does sort of the next few years look for the football club? Um, continually moving forward, continually professionalising the club to make it run more professionally, um, and and a lot of it is is badged around our our sort of paint the town red strategy that we that we launched towards the end of uh, the lockdown. Um, so it, it there's, there's so there's five strands to that, and the first part was about re-engaging the town after around about fifteen months of not being able to see a football match and. And I think we've we've done a great job. We've <laughs> we've got fixture lists out around the town. We've got beer mats in pubs. We've got we've we've got the paint the town red uh, banners up. You know, we we're trying to let people know where we're at. You know, where, when matches are taking place, and and that and that it's a great place to come and spend some time. Um, we want to make sure that we give our sponsors the best possible value because you know what? Sponsors are right behind us. Um, we've got a situation at the moment, if you just look at ground boards, we've got more ground boards around our pitch than we've ever had. And uh, we had a meeting last night and I was told there's another three in productions. So, you know, that local sponsors have been absolutely amazing, but we need to make sure that we're helping them because a lot of those have struggled to, to come out of the the impacts of the last two years. And uh, if we can help them advertise or promote their products, that, that, that's what we want to do. So so we're working hard with that. Um, the stadium, well, we've talked about the stand and the shop and the, the, the plans the plans for the future. So um, there's there's other things going on around Stadium One, but I can't talk about it at the moment because we haven't had a final decision. But we are trying lots of things to make... Um, Make the uh, the stadium and the, the match day experience the best it possibly can. Community, we're a community football club, and 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 we want to be seen as being at the at the heart of our community. And 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 you know what, uh, our community director Steve Machen doing a fantastic job about um, being in touch with engaging with local charities. We're 
were working with the Rainbow Centre and West Bay Open Downs match day collection and collecting food parcels. You know, we're, we're about to start the next three games. We'll be collecting the, for the Rotary and Salvation Army toy appeal. Um, we're working with um, a charity that uh, works with uh, the young homeless of the town. We're just about to start some um, interaction with local primary and and uh, senior schools. So we're going to be working with them, looking at um, how we can help them achieve better attendance because the attendance targets are, are massive on the national. It's on the national agenda. So we're looking to see if we can help them. We're looking at after-school clubs for children with special needs. We're looking at how we can get kids involved in match days. So, so yeah, so schools, you know, um, we're, we're, we're out there getting involved with our local community because we are that community football club. And the last part of our strategy is, is everyone plays. So what does that mean? Well, if you want to play football, you can come and have a go at playing for Scarborough Athletic at whatever level. So, you know, we've got juniors from under sevens through to we now have an under 21s team. So that is a massive age range. So if anybody feels they want to have a go at playing football and they're within that age group, come and talk, come and talk to us. You know, we've got, if you, if, you know, kids that are disabled, we've got the frame football, the, you know, the Scarborough Seagulls. Um, that, that is a, a, a fantastic thing. And, and, and do you know what? The thing that, impacted me most with that and I've been to a couple of the sessions is that some of the we've, we've had to rename that because it used to be called frame, frame football because of the the football that they're playing the exercise they're getting and the physiotherapy impacts of that some of these kids no longer needed the frames which is just absolutely amazing so they it's now been renamed disability football and and for those you know like myself that are getting on bit um we've got walking football so you know we've had to increase the number of sessions for that so people could come down we've we've held a walking football tournament where we have teams come from all all over the country and and you know well, that, that that's great for the town because you know several of those teams stayed for two days they stayed overnight in local hotels so so we're trying to do a little bit for um for the local business community in, in that respect as well so so yeah, so, so it's all all based around the strategy. Um, we've we've found that we needed to start employing a few people to help us. Um, so yeah, we have, we have our club secretary who's who acts as a, um, a general general manager during the week, making sure that everything is being done. Um, Jack Fuster, so he, he's he's a, he's a big a big massive help to us. And um, just recently, we've taken on a young lady called uh, Rhiannon Hunt, who's uh, working as our commercial and marketing officer. And uh, she's having, having a, a great impact. It's, it's a part-time role, but it's, it's a really important role. So she's she's our link with, uh, with sponsors and our fundraisers and activities. So she's lots of experience in that field. And, and, and she's absolutely proven, proven her worth. So it is about that step change because we, we just can't rely... On, on volunteer directors to do everything anymore, um, it, it's just it's just not it's just not possible. So because the club the club has grown, um, you know, if you think it started basically a few blokes in a pub deciding that they'd have a football match fifteen years ago, football uh, football club fifteen years ago, um, to, to, to what people see from the outside as this massive club, 
And and it, it is frustrating sometimes because people will say, I think the club should do this. Well, who are the club? Well, it's it, we haven't got a big office full of people punching typewriters and uh, and sending stuff out. It's, it, it might be one person, it might be a volunteer. And you have to remember that if we when we have a board meeting and we decide to do something, someone in that room has to do it. <laughs> so we, we haven't got this massive staff, but... Um, but now we'll, we'll we'll keep going, making it more professional, and of course aiming to to, to get to that that highest level that we can. Uh, I guess with our our financial structure, there's, there's a ceiling. Not hundred percent certain where that ceiling is, um, but um, I think um, we can certainly manage another promotion. We could operate comfortably in in, in the National League North, and, and then. I think we would have to to look at things because I I just can't see how a part time club from Scarborough could play a Tuesday night down in Torquay. That, that's the sort of yeah. that's the sort of logistical yeah. and financial impact that it would have. So um, that that'll be that'll be another challenge thinking about how to to make that step. Um, and of course the the um, the wage bills of the clubs in the National League are unbelievable. We're, we're, we're not talking about hundreds of thousands, we're talking about millions. Um, so we'd have to have a lot of sponsored boards to whip and back to do to, to cover that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely, Trevor. Well, um, you know, I can just, I can vouch for the, um, you know, the part about the volunteers, being a volunteer myself, it, it, it very much is, about when you can get things done in within your life as well as as, as things yeah. are going on, but they are the heartbeat of of any football club or or rugby club or cricket club or anything that goes on in in England, aren't they? Oh, it's massive. I think we, we need we need around uh, twenty to thirty volunteers just to put a match on, um, and to do everything around you know hosting a, a match at the Flamingo Land Stadium. So. Yeah, it, it's massive, and, and that doesn't take into account what happens during the week as well. Um, because you know we've got emails coming in, we've got shops to run, we've got all, all sorts, all sorts going on. Um, it, it isn't just a match of, of turning up on a Saturday and, and uh, putting the kit out and kicking a ball around. There's, there's just so much, much more to do. And um, for me personally, um, that's the that's the bit of enjoyment I work towards is being able to to sit and. And, and watch and watch a, 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 a great game of football. Um, sometimes I enjoy the the away games more because there's there's nothing to do. Um, like we, you know, we're playing at uh, at Hyde United on Saturday, and and because they play in the National League, their facilities are better. Their the way they operate is different to us. So we turn up there. They'll give us a nice two course meal before the match, and we'll talk to their directors and. Um, yeah, share, share experience because there's, there's a lot to be learned from speaking to other clubs. Uh, we don't have all the answers. And certainly sort of five years ago when I jumped into this role, I, I, I didn't know anything about running a football club. You just have to learn as you just have to learn as you're going on. So but but you very quickly learn that if, if, if to to do nothing is not an option. You you've got to dive in and, and make things happen. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, a huge thank you um, to you, Trevor, for joining me on uh, the Coast and County Extra Time podcast. Um, have you enjoyed yourself this uh, 
approaching this afternoon, but we've been talking for, for a good 40 minutes or so. Have you enjoyed yourself this morning? Yeah, I have. I, I, I love talking about our football club. It's, it's been a passion of mine for a lot of years. And of course, because of the position I'm in, I, I know everything that's going on. So I'm in a privileged position in that respect. Uh, but, you know, it's hard work. It's frustrating. Uh, my wife doesn't really understand why I do it. But I love it. You know, I, I just I just enjoy um, being able to make a difference for the club and the town, really. Because if, if with a successful club, the town benefits. Um, and, um, you know, if we, can, if we can help our sponsors, help local businesses, um, we can have a massive impact. And like I've said to you about the the work that we're doing in the community and the schools. Um, we, I'd like to think we're a force for good and, and we, 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 can, we, can, we can make something of this football club and, and really build it. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, you can listen to previous episodes, interviews um, that myself uh, and Andrew have conducted all on our social media, on our music platforms, everything like that. You can also keep an eye on our Facebook and Twitter pages for further content um, and any upcoming episodes and guests that we have on. Um, but without further ado, thank you very much for listening to the latest episode of the Coast and County Extra Time podcast.